0: Welcome to The Signal. This is Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and I am delighted to be joined today by Klaus Hedding. He is chairman and CEO of Wi-Fi Now, and he is just back from Wi-Fi World Congress in Cancun. Klaus, welcome to the show.
1: Martha, great to see you. Thank you so much, and thanks for inviting me on here. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We are eager to hear what happened, what you learned, what you're excited about going forward. I think there's several topics we could dive into, but let's start off by just understanding the event itself, the attendance, and what companies were there.
1: Right, yeah. So we're fantastically delighted about what happened. We had about 300 attendees from the region, from the U.S. mostly, and there was a great deal of excitement. This is the first event we've done in person for something like two and a half years, And it's the first event I think a lot of these folks have been to of this kind for a very long time. So because of that and because of all the great things that are going on in the Wi-Fi industry, it was a super, super positive event with kind of a family, strong, tight community atmosphere. We always get this at our events. Also because a lot of the folks that we work with know each other for years and years. So altogether, we were super, super happy with it. We had a couple of social evening events where we could hardly kick people out. They just wanted to stay. I had one gentleman ask me whether there were more sessions because he really wanted more sessions and so on. So, And we got so much positive feedback from the event. So we're super, super happy with the results, I have to say.
0: So I think that some of the usual suspects were there in terms of the companies that are real leaders in Wi-Fi, Cisco, Qualcomm, Juniper, MediaTek, etc. But let's talk about some of the individuals within those companies that are really sort of on the cutting edge of what's coming next.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As I said at the event, we're incredibly grateful and we're incredibly fortunate to have really the leaders of the industry come and speak at our events. It's not representatives of the companies that lead the industry. It's the actual leaders of the industry. And I made a point also of mentioning that when we were in Cancun, but because this is really exceptional. I mean, folks like Eric McLaughlin of Intel, who's worked with Wi-Fi, just short of 20 years and has been a major force in Wi-Fi. Folks like Matt McPherson of Cisco, wireless CTO has been working some similar amount of time. Rolf DeVeigt of Qualcomm, James Chan, MediaTek has also been around a long time. And many more, Bob Friday, no less I should say, he's a legend in Wi-Fi has been around for a very long time, is now running Mist, which is part of Juniper. So yeah, we had the absolute best people to join us in Cancun and present and these folks Always bring something new and eye-opening to the table. I mean, without exception. And I can tell you, even though I've done these events so many times, I'm always amazed because what I actually do is that I don't want to know what's in the presentations before I listen to them. So it's completely fresh when I actually sit through, you know, the presentations at the Congress as so I find that gives me the best immediate result and best way to moderate these things, and I'm always amazed at the quality of what these folks deliver, and it's just fantastic to have them as a part of the show. And by the way, there's just a handful of folks. There was a long list of other excellent people. So, what were your top takeaways? Top takeaways. Um, I mean, we know there's a lot of go- lot going on in life. I mean, we we know this, but it has been, uh, shall we say reinforced at the event that we're on an accelerated path towards a a new connectivity paradigm that I'm not even sure we totally understand exactly what this is going to do because the jump uh, into 6 gigahertz and into something like Wi-Fi 7 is vast. And there's so much new technology coming out and, and, and the performance uh, is going... To, going to reach, you know, levels that that are unheard of, right? So so that's the, the one thing, and that was reinforced many times by many uh, of our speakers. And as I said, we work a lot with the chipset folks and also main, you know, enterprise folks and so on. But of course, a lot of this, uh, you know, the core technology, as I call it, uh, on the standards comes from the chipset uh, companies, right? So this is... Um, This is an exciting journey to be on. And I I can only say, you know, um, where is this going to lead? I mean, in practice, where is this going to lead us? And we got a uh, somewhat of a, you know, introduction, for example, to Meta and the Metaverse uh, in Cancun as well. I mean, there's obviously a lot of XR type applications that will be uh, front and center of as, you know, driving the demand for connectivity. Um, But I think there's a lot of things that we probably can't even imagine uh, now that will happen.
0: Yeah, but there are a lot of things we can imagine. So did you learn, were there any talks about like business use cases for Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6 Plus, like manufacturing floors being unwired or retail settings where you could do AR, VR, anything like that?
1: Yeah, there were bits and pieces of that. And what I think is front and center in terms of where the value is in the Wi-Fi industry, where the Mm -hmm. big opportunities are, I think the big opportunities right now are just in terms of volumes of billions of dollars. I think the biggest opportunities right now is probably in the area of smart home and managed services for smart home and all the technology that goes into that. Is
0: that like plume? Is that the kind of thing you're talking about?
1: Plume is one. Calix does very well. Eero is another company that were there as well. So these are some of the companies involved. We just opened, they were not there, but we just opened a partnership with a company called DZS. They're also working on this. So these are some of the companies, and Asia is a company we worked with for a long time, was now part of DZS. So they're also there. Yeah, so providing the, shall we say, the cloud capability, the AI capability, if you like, to make high quality consistent, reliable whole home wi-fi work all the time also dependent on managers according to the number of devices in the home the applications that you use and all of this i mean this is i think where the big money opportunity is right now and that linked to you know the new standards as well because of course. The new standards are coming, but we also need to manage them within the context of what we're using them for. And So I think the smart home opportunity is massive, and I also think that's well known, and it's global, it's universal. So let me
0: back you up here, you're saying it's global, so even like Latin America, Middle East, Africa, are we going to see smart home in that geography?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Maybe at a slightly slower pace, depending on the specific market. I think Latin America is poised for managed Wi-Fi for the smart home, no question about it. I think there's probably somewhat less of deployment there at this time. I don't have any specific numbers, but that's my sense of it. But it's poised for exactly that, like it is everywhere that people have Wi-Fi in the home. So absolutely, I think it is universal. And the amount of Market penetration, as I understand it, and I forget who actually gave me the number, is below 10% globally for managed Smart home, Wi-Fi, yeah. So there's a huge amount of market share to be had, or market penetration, I should say, to be had in smart homes. So I think that's the single biggest, probably the single biggest opportunity. Of course, there's lots going on in the device side. I mean, Intel does really, really well.
0: Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. How much does capitalizing on that opportunity depend on integration with the different device makers?
1: It does, especially when we get into 6 gigahertz and so on. But in fact, 6 gigahertz is doing, in the form of Wi-Fi 6E, is doing really well. Although we spend a lot of time talking about Wi-Fi 7, including myself, because that's sort of the cutting edge thing, and we're excited about that. In the meantime, Wi-Fi 6E is doing really well together with Wi-Fi 6, and some device folks are doing exceptionally well, like Intel and Wi-Fi 6E. I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like 100 laptop models that are now available, maybe a little bit less, now available with Wi-Fi 6E. And so it's out there. And also, I don't know the exact number, a few dozen, I think, smartphone models as well with Wi-Fi 6E. So that's out there as well. But the smart home story is, as such, not necessarily tied to 6 gigahertz, but it is tied to, these days, mostly to Wi-Fi 6, right?
0: Right. And the device ecosystem obviously extends way beyond computers and tablets and phones to all the devices in our home. So they're going to be coming from a lot of different manufacturers, but as long as they all support Wi-Fi, do you think that the average consumer will be able to integrate a whole smart home Portfolio, and we'll even want to. Do we need our refrigerators and washing machines on Wi-Fi?
1: Wow. Uh, this is a good question. Do we need it? I think ultimately, yes. Uh, if if there's if we can somehow ha- have you know a smooth integration of all these items, and it makes sense, and the use cases for them are or you know uh, useful uh, and add value to our lives, I and I think they eventually will. Uh, then I think the answer is yes. Uh, it's has been super fragmented, right? With uh, yeah. IoT devices, and that's always the difficulty, and and people shy away. A lot of people shy away from them because it becomes a project, right, to integrate these things. And including myself, I I have not a lot of IoT in my home because I'm too busy to to do these do yourself do it yourself projects integrating stuff. Yeah.
0: So let's switch gears for a little bit because I know that the event obviously was in Mexico and not everyone, including me, is familiar with the regulatory environment related to Wi-Fi in Mexico. Can you give us an update there?
1: Yeah, quick update. A big chunk of Latin America has already decided to go and release the 6 gigahertz spectrum. And Brazil, in fact, was one of the first countries and they've released the full 6 gigahertz band. Mexico has not made a decision yet. And by the way, there's others, I think there's like Costa Rica, Chile was one of the first and so on. The majority of the Latin American countries are going six gigahertz to various degrees. And we're of course pushing them or trying to inspire them to release the full 1.2 gigahertz of the six gigahertz band. And part of this was part of the story at the event because Mexico hasn't made a final decision. We had a regulator there and she was there for the full two days. She also participated in a panel. And she's part of the Mexican telecoms regulation organization. And although they have not decided, I believe that they are going to make a decision reasonably soon. And I can only say that I think the event made a huge impression on her as they typically tend to do on regulators when they actually see what's going on in the industry, when they see how much value Wi-Fi provides when they understand the performance involved, the innovation involved, and so on. So I think from that point of view, it was a super success. I certainly hope that and expect, I guess, that Mexico will go the way of the U.S. in the sense of releasing the full 1.2 gigahertz of the 6 gigahertz band to Wi-Fi. But we still have to wait and see. It's not finalized yet.
0: Yeah, so there could be some issues in other countries, though, with completely different bands. So how will that play out for them in terms of the device availability and sort of their whole ecosystem? I guess that's hard to call at this time, right?
1: Yeah, so you mean in terms of having different regulations in different countries and so on, how would that impact the...
0: Yeah, because it seems like they might not be able to access all the same smart devices if they're using a completely different band for Wi-Fi or advanced Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think the way that this is managed from the ecosystem point of view is very intelligent. I think the way that the chipsets are designed essentially will allow adoption Across the globe and also adoption according to local regulation and so on. So, I don't think that technically it's much of an issue, but it's of course a performance issue if you only have half as much, uh, you know, bandwidth available in in a certain country as opposed to another country. I'm I'm very concerned. Well, maybe not very concerned is the right answer. I'm somewhat disappointed that, for example, in Europe, uh, um. Europeans have been you know somewhat reluctant or very reluctant to 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 begin the process on opening up the full band, we we have the lower half of the band, and now I think there's a study group or something like that uh, to look at the upper half. Uh, and I think Europe, unfortunately, will fall behind in this respect because the U.S. is also is already you know off and running, right? And and there will be a huge difference between um, what's going on in the U.S. as far as Wi-Fi connectivity and uh, and Europe, just as an example, and. And in Latin America, there's, uh, there's uh, reason to believe that by far most of Latin America will, be, uh, you know, will have regulation alongside the U.S., similar regulation, so that they will simply um, you know, walk through an open door into that ecosystem which is already in place, right? Um, but technically, I don't think there's, it, there's much of an issue because um, you know, the, 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 the components of the chipsets people have that completely under control as I understand it.
0: All right, excellent. So what are some of your key takeaways from Wi-Fi World Congress?
1: Number one, the Wi-Fi that we know and love and the evolution path that we're on is the same in Latin America as it is everywhere else. And and that's uh, tremendously gratifying uh, to understand. And, and uh, I would say number two is um, we have... Uh, some exciting work ahead of us right for in Latin America as well and we want to do more there because uh, we can I mean I'm talking about from a Wi-Fi now point of view We want to do more because we think we can contribute uh, a lot in terms of information sharing and I think generally speaking to be honest the Wi-Fi industry should be more active in Latin America I know we are but I think we can do more to support them because they're super super passionate about what they do Um, and they don't get for example a lot of events down there of this kind so so um so uh, we want to do more um the last thing is what's the third takeaway i mean i think i mentioned it before I th- people love events they're glad to be back in person that's the takeaway from every show i've gone to no absolutely people totally love events and it's great to see that has not changed that has probably increased so (laughs) that's now they really appreciate it and they especially appreciate it when there has been no such wi-fi event in their region so I, i think that's a big one and i also mentioned briefly that i really think that the big opportunity is within the smart home right now if you look at market dollars where to find them and both for service providers and vendors and so on that's the big big segment
0: all right Class Heading, Chairman and CEO of Wi-Fi Now. Thank you so much for the update on Wi-Fi World Congress. It's great to have you on the show.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you so much, Martha.
0: All right. And that is our show. As always, thank you for joining us on The Signal. You can check the show notes for further resources about the topics we discussed and for all things Wi-Fi Alliance. Check out y-fi.org. Thank you for listening. Join us next time on The Signal.